Hey there, my name is Katie Romagnolo, and ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with magic. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have all the luck? Why is it that one person can struggle with years of hard work to accomplish very little, and yet another can seem like an overnight success? I started out in this life thinking that I could logically plan my way to success. But after a decade of struggling, feeling unappreciated, and ultimately hitting rock bottom, I finally broke the code. Life has a flow, and that movement is greatly influenced by our universe. The moon holds a sacred rhythm to health, wealth, and happiness for you to tap into. Join me weekly to learn how to harness the power of the moon to achieve your goals, find your purpose in life, and balance your emotions while figuring it all out. Yes, you can change your life. Now as a best-selling author in mental and spiritual healing, I am infusing all of my most magical tools for you here so that you can embrace the life you crave. Welcome to the Moon Magic Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Katie Romagnolo, and today I am excited to have a conversation with the wonderful Sophia Renea Morales, also known as the Sensible Mystic, who is a transformation alchemist and teacher who guides clients to find gold within the most painful life transitions, helping people from all backgrounds notice how life wraps the best gifts in the shittiest wrapping paper. I love this part of what you do so very much. Thank you for being here today, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say that is also one of my favoritest parts of what I do. I just find it so gratifying and heartwarming to come in touch with somebody who's in one of these dark areas in their life and help them turn on the lights and really assess what's happening, not using the, what I want to say, the programming we've been culturally ingrained with and trained with all our lives, but to step out of those limitations and look at it from a larger, higher perspective, uh, because it makes it easier to move into the things that move us forward, like gratitude and forgiveness for ourselves and for other people because that's what really sets you free. That's the, the lodestone, the philosopher's stone that changes the mud and the muck and the nastiness mm. into gold and diamonds and beautiful flowers. Oh goodness. I couldn't agree more and just resonated so much with your story. When I initially heard, you know, your, your jump, I'm going to call it into spirituality at one point and <laughs> I'm not so sure it was a jump. I was kind of like tossed, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't feel as voluntary as a jump. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I think that's why I resonated so much with it because, you know, that uh, spiritual awakening that happens when we don't realize it's about to throw us into the mix of a new life and path is incredibly powerful. And I love that we're having this conversation on this precipice of new moon energy today, shifting into Scorpio, where it is all about transformation, new beginnings and understanding what lies beneath. So tell us a little bit more about that, (laughs) that jump, as I like to say, or that push into where you are now, how did this begin? Uh, It, it began slowly and it began 
as many spiritual journeys do, with small whispers and little invitations. And because I'm a very strong-minded person, was raised by a German and a Norwegian, to be a very sensible, logical kind of person, I was like the kid who, who goes, yeah, I can't hear you, you know, flapping their hands over the years. I don't, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you make those kind of choices, and it was a choice, okay, I could have gotten curious earlier. I could have tiptoed into some of these invitations into a more spiritually led way of living. But for a variety of reasons, I chose not to. And one of them I just mentioned, the whole I am logical, rational, humanistic, that whole business. None mm. of this is empirically evidence-based, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I kind of ignored those early invitations. And when your soul really wants you to go someplace, and my soul really wanted me to to release some of those limitations, uh, it will get increasingly vigorous with you, which is what it did with me. Because when I started ignoring these invitations, I was, I was doing well. I was thriving in my job. I had a wonderful marriage with my husband. The career was doing well. I, we were amassing money in our retirement accounts and purchasing rental properties and and doing the things you're supposed to do to check off all the boxes to get to a retirement where you can go ah, and now i can do my thing i can explore the world i can you know do all this stuff and so i was following that path that is laid out in our culture as pursuing the american dream right mm -hmm. <laughs> And one of the fallacies of pursuing the American dream, and I'm going to stick this in there as an aside, is it tells you that happiness is down the road. It's around the corner. It's when you achieve that fill-in-the-blank goal. And that's a lie. If you have not figured out how to be happy in yourself, in your life, in your world where you're at right now, you're not going to suddenly discover happiness when you've achieved that fill in the blank dream, written the goal, become an accomplished author, speaker, you know, whatever your thing is. You're going to get there and go, why am I not happy now? Mm. Because they lied to you. Happiness is not a destination. Oh. Happiness is a state of being. Yeah. I'm so glad you're bringing this up today of all days in the sense of a lot of people think new beginnings are about what's the thing that I want next, or what should I be manifesting in my life that I haven't received yet? And it's really the total opposite. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, right, we, we ask for manifestations to show up in our life. And some of us have BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, right? I'm, I'm going to, you know, take on the world and I'm going to create this amazing program that's going to change thousands of lives. Whatever your big, hairy, audacious goal is, it takes many forms. Mm -hmm. None are better than any of the others. It's the one that resonates with you and your soul. And so if you've been inviting this big, hairy, audacious goal into your life, here's another thing that we've been lied to about, okay? You cannot keep everything that you have right now exactly as it is. Mm. You're going to have to release and be willing to release 
some or almost all of what's in your life right now. And yeah. you don't get to pick and choose what those things, people, experiences are. Okay. And this is the thing that's really challenging, I think, for people who are manifesting mm-hmm. is the you have to kind of let go what's in your hands right now so they're free to receive the big blessing that you've invited into your life. So this is one of these moments where I'll invite you to kind of step out of your experience, step back from the fears and concerns about what that might mean, and just get curious and take that new position on well, shit, I just lost my job, or I've gotten so ill and injured, you know, what is this going to mean for the rest of my life? A lot of times these kinds of seismic events in your life have to do with that big, hairy, audacious thing you're inviting in and the fact that you need some space to bring that into your world. And in our society, there are a couple of ways you get space. One is (laughs) you you get downsized or you mm-hmm. resign, which is, which is actually a more challenging direction, right? If yeah. you resign from a, a promising career, making lots of money, being very successful to go into this unknown thing, your social circle tends to go, are you okay? I'm really worried about you. This is not a logical, reasonable, rational thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if you've planned for it well, because I know people who've done it, they've, they've, They've worked the plan. They've set aside, you know, X number of of months of reserves. And it's not like they just on a whim walked in and said, okay, I'm out of here. They, they planned and prepared. Their circle will still tell them they are freaking fracking nuts when they do this. Yeah. Okay. Because you're working a different paradigm. So in some ways, it's easier if you get whacked because your social circle accepts it better. Mm-hmm. You have less explaining to do. And if you really hate explaining, your soul may bring you an illness or an injury because that is like the ultimate hall pass in our society. If you are sick and injured, you are given all the support in the world to recover yourself and all the time in the world that you need to really think about and consider what your next action should be. Right. Um, And so this is why a lot of times these terrible, terrible things happen right before somebody steps into something big and bold and amazing. Yeah. Because it's your soul trying to help you out. Mm -hmm. It's your guides and your masters who are giving you an exit, a doorway, a graceful way into this as opposed to having to fight your your spouse, your family, your children, your neighbors, your community to go out and do this thing. Now, there are people who choose to do that and go you if you're one of those people fabulous but more often than not we tend to go that's that's not safe i have commitments and responsibilities it would be irresponsible of me to fill in the blank Mm. and if you run that program i'd like to invite you to take a moment to rethink what responsibility means because yes, you, you've made commitments to your spouse and your children about providing and caretaking and all of the things you do in your family system. But changing how your income comes into this world is not necessarily an irresponsible thing to do. It may take a little bit of planning. It may take a little bit of, what do I want to say, getting people on board with you yeah, <laughs> um, and prepared to take that leap with you because it requires courage. Yeah. 
and not everybody naturally comes with the same amount of courage. But if you have the conversations and you prepare for the shifts and and the differences in income and ramp up times and all this kind of stuff, it's actually a very responsible thing to do because it will increase your satisfaction with life. It will overall decrease your stress because you're not fighting against your natural self. Mm. It will increase the amount of time ultimately that you have with your family because you'll live longer if you're not stressed out to the hilt. And so in many ways, making the shift while it's difficult in that moment, long-term is much better for everybody involved and will get you better quality of life and a longer life with the people that you love and care about. So there's another take on the response ability aspect of it. Now that I've taken that very long <laughs> tangential detour, <laughs> oh, goodness, so uh, we will... We will circle back to my journey because don't do what I did. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like the, the, the warning story that everybody tells you, don't do this. This mm -hmm. is like the hardest way to possibly do this. So I ignored all of the, the invitations. Okay. And I had what I would describe as a re reverse Job kind of situation. If you remember Job in the Bible, uh, he was a very devout man, had a close personal relationship with God. The devil came in and said, it's only because you've given him all these amazing blessings that he, he likes you. If all of his blessings were to go away, he would renounce your ass and move on. And God allowed the devil to test that theorem, right? Take all this shit away. And, you know, up, upshot of the story is... He never lost his faith and ultimately at the end was blessed three and four times over what he had been originally. Well, mine was a reverse job because I had no faith mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> and so everything started going away to see if I could find some faith. And it took uh, total bankruptcy and a life-threatening illness that had started to destroy my mind before I was willing to go, mm, I have no answers and it may be time for me to surrender and have a conversation with the God that I know and understand inside of myself, not the God I was raised with. Because I was raised in a fundamentalist uh, Protestant religious sect that it was basically religious abuse. Yeah. And the God that they talk about bears no resemblance to the God that I know deep inside myself. And so I, I arrived at this moment, it was 3 a.m. And at this point I knew what the diagnosis for my illness was. I had sought it for like four decades and I finally had a diagnosis that fit. And they had tested me for all the things. Um, the, the disease I had is Lyme and they call it the great mimic because it looks like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia and a whole list of other autoimmune kind of things. And I'd been tested for all those and it didn't fit. <laughs> mm -hmm. But once I got the diagnosis back, I was like, yes, this, this is the thing. I knew deep inside myself that this one was accurate and right. The rest of them were not. Right. And the doctor that diagnosed me was actually the regional expert in Lyme. Mm -hmm. People from all the surrounding states, doctors would send their patients to him. And he had this plan 
that's like 70% successful in getting rid of Lyme, which is fabulous wow. because Lyme has a, a, an abysmal recovery rate if you don't catch it within like the first 60 days, which <laughs> I was we're blowing decades past that. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a diagnosis, but I didn't have a way to afford his solution because it was two years of rotating exotic antibiotics, some of which had to come through IV, and there were weekly clearing IVs and a whole bunch of that kind of th stuff involved in this process. And I, my brain was bad, so I can't tell you the exact number on the plan. I ran my calculator several times and I always ended up in the ballpark of $28,000 wow. for the first year Oh, goodness. Two-year program. Okay. I'm in bankruptcy. Yeah. I ain't got squat to spend on shit. Okay. The, the trustee controls all the money when you're in a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So it's not like this was going to happen until the bankruptcy was, was done, which is three years down the road. I don't have three years to wait. Wow. Okay. My husband's taking care of me. He's working full-time at a fraction of his normal salary. Usually he earns three times what he was earning in that moment, which was a mixed blessing because we got a short bankruptcy because of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the living was, was really challenging. And he's going back to grad school. And we had an amazing bankruptcy attorney who I believe was brought to us specifically for this because to my like logical way of thinking, there ought not to have been a way, but there was. Yeah. So, yay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but all that's the long way of saying he wasn't sleeping. There's no way he could have taken on an additional job to earn this income. Mm. We can't take out a loan in bankruptcy. You don't get loans when you're in bankruptcy. I can't work. It's eating my brain. I can't make dinner most evenings. I'll mm -hmm. go into the, the kitchen to make a simple 30-minute meal, throw some steak on a grill, put together a salad, eat this sucker, right? Mm -hmm. Takes me three hours. Wow. Because I can't remember what I'm doing. I can't find words. I'm in a really terrible point, state to the point that I can't even sleep. Not because I'm fretting and anxious, but my, my mind literally will not go through the sleep process. And so I've resorted to meditating each night because at least I feel somewhat refreshed in the morning, even though I haven't actually slept. And on this particular day, I took the plan the doctor had given me and I called the insurance company because he was covered under insurance. I'd found a functional medicine doctor who took insurance, which is yeah. like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and I called up the insurance company and I told the lady on the phone, I've been diagnosed with chronic Lyme. Here's the situation. He's got a plan. I want to understand my benefits. And she says, and this is quote, we don't believe in chronic Lyme. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that convenient for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And so upshot of that conversation was, we'll pay for 60 days of the standard oral antibiotic, full stop. I'm like, mm, and the doctor visits, right? Oh, yeah, that's the other thing you need to do. Your doctor is no longer in network. 
And so it was a really dark moment. And I got off the phone and I reviewed all my options. I've already knocked a few of them off the table. So that kind of left me with dad, right? Mm -hmm. Now I was raised by a German and a Norwegian and told from a very early age that when you turn 18, you are responsible for yourself and your stuff. Mm. Okay. You may choose to continue to live here, but you will pay rent and utilities because you are an adult and you're responsible for your stuff, or you could choose to move someplace else, but regardless, you are responsible for your stuff. And that included the college education that I've been raised to go get. You mm. will go to college and you will pay for it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so better get good grades, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure here. And so I'd, I'd always known that there was no like going home to live with my parents. Mm. That They made that abundantly clear when I was very young. And I figured this might be the one exception, right? Yeah. Because I've I've had several decades of taking care of my stuff, but at this point I cannot. I am too ill to take care of my stuff. And so I called and I had a conversation with Dad, and the bank of Dad was empty. Mm. That was literally the last thing that I could think of, and there's a reason it was last on the list. My parents made sure that it would be last on the list. Yeah. <laughs> And so that night, when I went to bed next to my husband, there was no meditating. Mm. My brain was like a trapped squirrel, and it was bouncing off all the walls looking for the way out of this catch-22. I can't work to pay for the, the program that will regain me my health so I can work, right? It's, it's this circle that, that's eating itself. And it was around three in the morning that I, for lack of a, a more appropriate term, that I surrendered. I literally gave up and admitted to myself that I did not have the answer to this in any way. I didn't think anybody had an answer to this at that point. And decided I would have a conversation with the God that I know deep inside myself. Not the God of my childhood, that what they tried to tell me was God. Yeah. <laughs> and inside myself, I've always felt that God is a really wise, loving, compassionate being. Right. Entity, energy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I've always secretly, because I would never have been able to said this out loud in my upbringing, secretly understood that God would never send anyone to hell, mm. let alone for such a trivial reason as you don't know who he is and you haven't talked to him. I, I, don't, I don't buy that deep inside myself. Yeah. And I feel that God is very forgiving and that he doesn't hold grudges. And so the fact that I hadn't had a conversation for him in about four decades, I didn't feel like would be an issue. And I thought about, you know, do I explain and do all, and then I finally pushed all of it to the side and went, I'm just going to go straight to the point. And I said, God, I will do anything to get better. 
and I meant it with the entirety of my being. And I didn't have a lot of hope for like an answer or any kind of insight, but you know, there it is. I put it out there. And I immediately got an answer in the form of a very small voice in the back of my mind that said, really, anything? And that will make you think for a minute. Yeah. Because anything doesn't have any boundaries or edges on it. Covers mm -hmm. a whole lot of turf. And so I went back to what do I really know about God to be mm -hmm. true? Not the bullshit I was taught, but what do I know? And I know him to be wise, benevolent, forgiving, loving, all of that stuff. And I came to the conclusion that he's not going to ask me to do anything that I would feel did not, was not supported ethically and morally. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. And by God, I'm not becoming an ax murderer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> these are, these are my edges. I'm not doing that stuff. Yeah. And I decided that making an anything commitment to God would be an appropriate thing to do. Mm -hmm. Anybody else, no, I, I would have to put conditions around it. But God, I, I'm safe saying anything. And so I came back and I said, God, just to be very clear who I'm making this <laughs> commitment to, mm -hmm. for you, I will do anything. Wow. And I got my first miracle because I fell asleep. Wow. And I got my second miracle when I awoke in the morning because I knew deep inside of me, I had to go get one of these clearing IVs. Mm. Because Lyme is toxic when it's alive and we'd started a course of antibiotics and when they die, they like release all their toxins at once. So you go from feeling bad to feeling far worse. Mm. And so I knew I had to go get one of these IVs. And so I did. And I'm sitting in the infusion room, not knowing how I'm going to pay for any of this. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. And the doctor walked into the infusion room, not a place he usually goes. So I figured he's probably here to talk to me. So I waved him over and explained the situation. We're in bankruptcy. I'm now a cash play client because of the conversation with the insurance the other day. And what are my options as a bankrupt cash pay client? Yeah. <laughs> and to my surprise, the doctor smiled like, okay, I wouldn't expect this to be a smiling kind of piece right. of information. And he says, that's great. That means you have all the options, not just the ones the insurance company might allow you. Oh, Oh, had not thought about insurance as handcuffs before. Hmm. New thought on that. I'm like, okay, so what are my new options <laughs> since all the options are on the table? He says, well, we have a naturopath herbalist who's on our staff who has an amazing track record with parasitic infections and Lyme is a parasitic infection. Okay. And how is this good news? He says, well, his office visit is half the price of mine. Okay, we'll take half the price of yours. That's a good step forward. Yeah. And he treats everything with herbs. Mm -hmm. And they're about $30 to $40 a bottle as opposed to some of the antibiotics and things that 
that we would be working with, which are sometimes thousands of dollars. I'm like, yeah. okay, I, I can see where this is a large improvement over trying to go down your road. So I scheduled an appointment with that gentleman. And this is where things started to get really strange. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> so I'm waiting for my appointment. I've been informed he's running behind. So I'm looking for something to do with myself in the waiting room. And they've got all the usual array of magazines, which they're just not my jam. And there was a book. I'm like, oh, goody, a book. Let's go see what the book's about. That is my jam. I'm all about <laughs> the books. <laughs> and the title on the book is The Emotion Code. Ah. I previously mentioned the German Nordic background. And what I was taught about emotions was you just plain don't have them. Or mm -hmm. at least pretend you don't have them. You shove them way down and make like it didn't happen and you carry on press on regardless and really the only emotions that that are acceptable are kind of the i'm happy and pleased emotions uh but not too much of those right because it make makes somebody else feel bad yeah interesting eh? <laughs> yeah and so that's not functional as evidenced by the several decades that i spent in talk therapy mm. <laughs> but none of that had ever really I want to say taking the heat or the trigger out of the original source of the emotions. Yeah. I'm not going to say that talk therapy wasn't helpful to me. It certainly helped me to do many things in my life, like leave an abusive ex-husband, um, you know, learn to treat myself a little bit better. And so those are all valuable outcomes, but it mm. hadn't really affected the emotional core that was behind all of that stuff. Right. So this book was like, okay, if this guy understands how to deal with emotions, I want in. Mm. And so I got started on the book and I was just really kind of getting into it when the owner came back for it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to find a way to get the book. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing I tend to forget to tell people is I had several meetings with this naturopath herbalist and within three months I was completely Lyme free. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, that's like the least interesting part of the story, but I, it's kind of important. So it I'll is. put it out there so I don't get a flood of emails going, my sister had Lyme and you should try. Uh, I, don't, I don't need any of that advice. It is handled. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> but as I'm, I'm going down this, this health journey, I'm reading this book that I've discovered. And I'm not just reading it, I'm using it as an instruction manual to actually take care of this old emotional junk. And I'm starting to really methodically strip it out because I am one of these organized type A kind of methodical people. And he had a section in there on heart walls. Mm. And I know for a fact I have one of those before I even muscle test it. And muscle mm. testing was his, uh, what I wanna say, his truth finder. The, yeah. the thing you use to kind of pinpoint what to work on next and what you needed to do about it. Now, as a scientist, I can kind of accept that. This is easy for me to accept because there are many black boxes, they call them in science, which is you, you put an input into this end of some process and you get reliably this other input our output out the other end. Mm. Okay, we don't know how it goes from input to output, but we know that reliably 
it gets us this output. Okay, replicatable. Mm. I can prove or disprove whether it works. Okay, so scientist is happy schmappy with that, even <laughs> though it's kind of woo, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> scientist is okay with that. So I've been muscle testing my way through this. And I got to the section on heart walls, but I didn't need the muscle testing for that one because I knew for a fact I had one. I've seen it. I make conscious decisions whether to allow you behind my heart wall. Mm -hmm. And so I know for a fact I have at least one. And as it turns out, I had three. Mm. <laughs> now, he made a good case for taking them down. Mm. So I said, all right, I'm convinced I'm going to do that. And I started methodically, systematically taking down my heart wall. And I made it a priority over all the other stuff. So once I started on that process, that's what I was doing. And that's when life really started to get weird. I love okay. the weird. The weird is the gold. Uh, the weird <laughs> is the gold, isn't it? And it I is. love the word weird. It comes from the Norwegian word for fate, ah, destiny. Ooh, I did not know that. No wonder yes. that word is so amazing. <laughs> so you can put that under your column of I learned something new today. Beautiful. <laughs> Check that box off. That's right. So I'm going down and taking this this heart wall down and stuff is is happening. I'm starting to see crossed over dead people. Mm. Very new experience for me. I am seeing angels and guides and little fairies and devas of of nature. And it's like, okay, this is a, <laughs> this is a problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> the scientists do not like this. Yeah. <laughs> no likey any of this. And so the scientist is going, you've got more brain damage than you realized. Mm. They are going to send the people with the coat and the wraparound sleeves for you very shortly. <laughs> You're going to be put on massive amounts of medication. And there's, there's all of that kind of mind chatter going on at the same time. Uh, but I'm not willing to stop taking down this heart well. I continue to take down this heart well. And I'm having these other experiences of like walking into Walmart. And it's like walking into a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> At the crescendo of the concert is like this wall of energy just body slams you as you walk in. And that's what it's like to walk into Walmart or, or Trader Joe's or any place where there was a gathering of people. Mm -hmm. And so I, it started to become difficult for me to go those kinds of places because it's like, oh my God. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and you walk out and you're like, your ears are ringing and your head's spinning because I'm getting all of the, the emotions of the people around me. I'm feeling the physical things of the people around me. I'm knowing shit about these people that I really don't want to know. Mm -hmm. It's a massive case of TMI. Mm. I've always been a people watcher, but now I will notice somebody in the Walmart parking lot who makes a choice that you go, really? That's the logical choice? <laughs> I wonder what led them to the point that that's a logical choice for them. Yeah. And I've always kind of asked that question, but now I'm getting the answer and I'm seeing the exact sequence of events that led up to the point where that is the logical choice for them to make. Wow. And it's like, ooh, girl, your imagination has run amok. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had that much imagination. 
And so I'm continuing to discount all of these things that are happening. I'm seeing things from the past. I'm seeing things from the future. Scientist is over there going, you have no way to validate or verify that any of that's true. Okay, fine. And I continue along. And I, I even at one point said a prayer in Hebrew, mm. which if I'd been trained and raised in the Hebraic tradition, that would not be a thing, except I've never been exposed to it to any significant degree. I attended one setter when I was in college wow. once, okay, with a bunch of people I did not know. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like something that was randomly exposed to in my environment on a regular basis. So the scientist is like, well, maybe you just happen to remember because you've got a really good memory. Maybe you just happen to remember that one prayer out of all the, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm reaching for a lot of these explanations now. And I finally one day was coming home from the grocery store and I pulled into the driveway and my neighbor is struggling under the weight of her husband trying to get him into the house. They're mm. in their mid eighties. He's doubled over in a great deal of pain. And I'm sure he weighs at least twice what she does. So fine, the ice cream will melt. I'm gonna go over and help him in the house. Yeah. And as we're getting in the house, she says, I'm really worried about him. I, I have to go make a call to get an emergency appointment with his kidney doctor because it's gotten so bad. I've never seen it this bad before. Mm. So I'm like, you do your thing. I'll stay here and keep him company. And we're standing in the living room together and I'm holding his hands because that's really the only comfort I can offer. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can do that's going to change the amount of pain that he's in. There's no comfortable position. And so we're standing together and soon he closes his eyes. I see his lips moving. I know I'm voyeuristically watching him having this moment with God because I know them both to be very devout people, the best kinds of Christians, you know, that love and help everybody. They've been in, in service their entire lives as ministers and teachers and non-judgmental, I mean, the best mm -hmm. examples of Christians that are out there. And so I, I don't want to intrude. So I close my own eyes, give him some privacy. And I see in my mind's eye, this little tiny flame and it's like a pilot light that's on the edge of going out. You know how they kind of dance and flicker right mm -hmm. before they go. And I'm given this understanding that that's exactly where he's at. He's on the edge of going and leaving this life. And I haven't acknowledged who's giving me this information. I haven't acknowledged even who I'm having a conversation with in my brain at this moment. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't the scientist that asked this question. Mm. But I asked, is there something we can do about that? And the instant I thought that question, questions are invitations, by the way, <laughs> that little tiny on the edge of going out pilot light became this blazing bonfire that I don't know how big it got because he dropped my hands. And so my eyes whipped open. I'm like, what's that? what, what do you need? Right. <laughs> and he says, are you a healer? Mm. And I'm looking around me to see who the heck he's talking to because mm, 
no, 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 no. Scienti- no scientist does not accept that kind of, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saved from having to answer because his wife came in at that moment saying, we've got the emergency appointment. We've got to leave right now. Mm. So I hustled him out to the car, waved him off and went and hid in my house for two days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> While the scientist said about convincing me that nothing had happened. Mm. And I guilted myself back next door because I'm I'm a good Midwestern girl. And when your neighbor's in distress, you you do things for them. You shovel their walk or bring them groceries or a pot of soup or or something. And I haven't done any of that. Mm-hmm. And at this point I've convinced myself that she's either at the ICU watching him die or planning a funeral. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one of those two outcomes. And so I guilted myself back next door to see what I could do. Mm. Tapped on the door and she answers the door with a big smile on her face. Okay, not planning a funeral. (laughs) Check that one off. (laughs) I said, how you doing? How's Jay? She said, oh, come on in. Jay has so many questions for you. And I went, "Uh uh-oh. Because I ain't got no answers. I've convinced myself that nothing (laughs) happened. (laughs) But I'm committed now. So we step into the house and there's Jay. He's in the living room. He's kicked back in his Barker lounger. He's got his book and his drink and his remote. And he's looking fat and healthy and happy. Mm. Like, how you doing, Jay? He says, I'm doing great. In fact, it was the strangest thing. Like, what do you mean? By the time I got to the doctor's office, I was feeling pretty good. (laughs) and they ran me through the usual battery of tests that they run me through and would you know my kidney function came back normal Mm. okay now that shit don't happen (laughs) in the scientific medical mundane world right there's only one direction kidney disease goes that's down and eventually out Uh. and you don't reclaim normal function after you've reached like this stage three, four type situation he was in. So that was the moment that scientists had to sit down and shut the fuck up. And it was the moment where I really started to consider that the anything I had agreed to Mm. probably had something to do with all the weird shit that's been happening in my world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is so incredibly fascinating and just the goosebumps. If I could show you the goosebumps that I've had in <laughs> multitude of moments during this story. And, and I can only imagine how many more moments you've experienced that this is the tip of the iceberg into, you know, what really has transformed in your own life and abilities and gifts. And I know you offer a really incredible resource as well. It's um, a quiz, right? For our listeners, tell us a little bit about this quiz because I have this link for everyone here. It's an incredible resource today. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that I noticed early on in myself and eventually in my clients is this tendency to look at everybody else and go, oh, if only I were gifted the way they were. Oh. She's got clairvoyance and she can see auras and she can see angels and she can see crossed over dead people. It's like, yeah, that's one gift. But then you t- if you talk to the person who's doing all that seeing, they would be like, it's so frustrating just mm-hmm. to see all this stuff and not know 
or be able to hear and understand what it is that they want. It's like playing pantomime <laughs> all the time. It'd be amazing if I could know or hear. Yeah. Okay. And so we always kind of want the gift that somebody else has. And we tend to not acknowledge our own or see our own because there's so much the water that we swim in. It, it's just there. Yeah. And so I created the what is your number one spiritual superpower gift quiz to give you the gift of being able to look into a mirror and see the label on the outside of your bottle ah. to see the water that you're swimming in. So we can really draw that forward because one of the what I want to say, one of the things that society trains us to do and, it, and it's a falsehood is to look at where we have shortcomings and then try to build those up as opposed to looking with where are your strengths and your talents and your gifts and let's really begin to build and hone those because those are the ones where you can make amazing bounds in your effectiveness and impactfulness in the world mm -hmm. you're rarely going to make that in an area where it's a lot of work for you to become even competent in it. Mm. And so I think it's super important to be able to clearly identify what are your most powerful giftednesses. Mm. And then, you know, what are your most powerful channels that the gifts arrive in and through? Okay. Yeah. Uh, because like the psychic gifts, the clairvoyance and the claircognizance and the clairaudience, you know, the seeing of the ethereal, the hearing of the disembodied, the knowing of divine information. Those are the channels that your gift comes in and through. And your gift is bigger than any particular channel. So I wanted people to really understand their giftedness more than their their psychic channels if you will oh. and so that's what this gift pinpoint or this quiz pinpoints and that's the gift that you take from it is the knowing and the acknowledgement of the overall package if you yeah. will oh so yeah. beautiful i absolutely love your blend of literally the sensible, the logical, the methodical, the way that we operate sometimes in our human state, our, you know, our minds want to appease a certain side that's scientist in all of us. Yes, absolutely. And the whole other <laughs> side <laughs> of everything that a lot of people like to pretend just doesn't exist until you are forced to see it for what it is. And that's yeah. the magic and the mystic and you know, the transformation that comes in our, our deepest pain. Thank you so very much for this incredible resource today. And what a beautiful uh, gift to give everyone in this energy to really start and dive into those layers of who you are and naturally where your soul is calling you to really lead that life that you didn't realize was probably calling for quite some time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I like to help people identify what I call soul breadcrumbs Yeah, because your soul will always give you clues and hints about what your mission is, what your purpose is, right? Because when we arrive here, most of us forget like immediately. And part of the game is to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your soul will always leave you little breadcrumbs. And some of it comes from being more conscious and more aware of what your emotional responses are 
to the things and the events and the actions and the activities that you have in your life and in your world. Yeah. Uh, and so you have bright, shiny soul breadcrumbs, and then you have some dark, crumbly soul breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. And the dark, crumbly ones are like the coal in your stocking at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. It's the, you don't want to go down that path. It's not really aligned with you kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, types of people you can't stand, coworkers that, or jobs that just don't light you up and, and make you happy to get out of the bed. These are kind of the lumps of coal moments. Yeah. Um, but even in a job that you don't like, there are sometimes these bright shining moments that make it tolerable. Yeah. And so I find it's important to kind of keep track of those things. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I really hated being in outside sales and list all the reasons you didn't like being in outside sales. But then on the other column, list the things that you liked about the job or the circumstances that you were in. Because in every circumstance, even the nastiest ones, there are things that light it up and make it brighter and more tolerable. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that lit up for me when I was in corporate uh, that I that made the job delightful and more tolerable was I had arranged a, a brown bag lunch series around financial stuff, mm -hmm. financial foundations. And so, you know, balancing your checkbook and doing a budget and setting up a 401k and all of that kind of thing. You know, what's the deal with insurance? How much of it do you really need? What don't you need? You know, what is the deal with mutual funds and mm -hmm. stock trading? What do I need to know about this? Who, how do I know who to delegate to if I'm going to delegate to? And that was one of the most delightful things that I did while I was in corporate. Mm -hmm. I, I did it because I had the opportunity to do it. It wasn't my job or any part of my job description, but it was one of the most gratifying things I did while I was there mm -hmm. because I watched people's lives change because they knew and understand stood more about the game of money. Yeah. We had a shopaholic who paid off all her credit cards and learned a different way to deal with her feelings. Yeah. We had a, a young couple who planned and bought their first house. I had several 20 somethings that established their 401ks. Mm. And it was just amazing to see the difference that it made in people's lives. And it got me hooked on helping. Ah, the hooked <laughs> on helping, the best kind of thing to be hooked on. Exactly. <laughs> but that was like one of my great big soul breadcrumbs. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be happiest when I'm helping mm. in some way, even if I'm not the expert in the material that's being handled because I was in no way an expert. I had started educating my own self in finances because I knew that was a large gap in my upbringing. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't in the end, the one that, that did the talking at any of these symposia, yeah. but I was the one that people came to in between to go, all right, I'm convinced that I'm doing this. I've got my thing figured out, but I'd like some hand-holding as I fill out the mortgage application or, or set up the 401k over the phone system or whatever the deal is. Yeah. Um, and so I got to be involved in a way that I wouldn't have been otherwise. Yeah. And it was, it was super exciting. So that, that's what I call a bright soul breadcrumb. Yeah. It was happy. It was satisfying. It lit me up. It felt easy and wonderful and natural. 
Mm-hmm. Those are all hints that something is a soul breadcrumb. Mm. And a lot of times it doesn't look like they should all go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear that. Because one <laughs> one of the other things I'm really good is like orchestrating. I'm I'm an arranger of things. <laughs> and um I'm I'm not sure how all that comes together as on my spiritual journey because I also like to quilt and I also like to make jewelry and paint and do these other expressive things. And how does this all together come together? I don't know yet. Yeah. And that part of the fun and the puzzle is figuring out how it all goes together and, and piecing it together in what I want to say, experiences, soul experiences for other people, (laughs) at least in my case, that's, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm called to do, but it can be pieced together even far more mundanely. You know, I, I think you mentioned that I have a radio show called Sovereign mm-hmm. Self. We go live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific. And um, so I get to talk to a lot of people who are on a spiritual journey, on a spiritual path. And it's easy to box yourself into, well, if I'm going to be a soulful person, I have to do something in the spiritual realm, whether it's tarot readings or healings or whatever it is. Uh, but the truth of the matter is you can do anything as a soul mission and i've had guests on my show whose soul mission is non-toxic environmental friendly hypoallergenic laundry soap Mm. okay laundry soap how much more mundane does that Mm. get uh but they approach it as a soul mission yeah they're they're doing good for people they're doing good for environment with their product and they're even doing good with how they run their business because they've made a choice in their business to help otherwise marginalized untouchable kind of groups gain employment mm-hmm. oh beautiful and yeah and so yeah it's as mundane as it gets laundry soap mm-hmm. but it is handled and approached as a spiritual calling yeah i can see that so if your soul breadcrumbs don't seem to be fitting together the way you think they ought to i invite you to step into curiosity release that well they don't fit together and look at them from different perspectives Mm. because a lot of us are here not so much to lead from the woo aspect of things as to lead from the mundane aspect of things a door that somebody is going to go through, for example, with the laundry soap. I, none of what's out there is helping me or my my child. A lot of times, it's a sensitive child yeah. uh, to be able to have clean clothes that they can actually wear <laughs> that are non toxic <laughs> to them. Uh, they'll they'll go through that door looking for the that answer, but they'll also find a higher way into the world that's mm-hmm. friendlier to the environment that helps disadvantaged people as well. Yeah. as solving the problem with the eczema oh, <laughs> or the sensitivity yeah. so powerful and the goosebumps on that one too because it's like the thing that you think you're doing sometimes is small to you but big to somebody else and really needed well and in fact i was just writing that email this morning because one of my categories is the space holder and one of the most common things i hear from space holders is yeah but i don't do anything mm-hmm. you know what it's far more powerful than you doing anything and efforting does not make something more valuable to the person Mm -hmm. who's receiving it you can be exactly the energy that they need the safe space that they need to be able to explore something that's dark and hard and shameful for them and make that shift 
You don't have to do anything to be the space that allows them to change in ways that the world says they can't. Yeah. Um, you are so infinitely precious and powerful just by your beingness. Thank you so much for that incredible reminder for everyone that is listening today and allow yourself to start. We're starting in this energy of support for curiosity and diving deep into the things you thought you couldn't or didn't know was there. So go ahead and listen to this episode back again. There is so much amazing wisdom, gold nuggets, soul breadcrumbs to connect to for yourself. And uh, where can we also find you online, Sophia, if, if our listeners want to connect deeper? Okay, I have two doorways. Mm -hmm. The first doorway is the, I just kind of want to poke around the edges of Sophia land and see what all this is about. And that doorway we've already mentioned is the superpower quiz which you can find at superpowerquiz.us. You'll get your gift of understanding your particular giftedness, as well as put you on the mailing list so you can kind of poke around the edges of Zofia land and see what I'm about. The other doorway is a much more direct doorway, and it's appropriate for somebody who's like, I have just gotten all, bo all body goosebumps, and she's the person I need to talk to. I do a free 20-minute chat. Uh, you can find it at bookzofiacoffeechat.com. And the thing that I, there are two things I promise. Okay. The first thing I promise is that you will come away with insight that will help you. The second thing I promise is I will offer you a way to work with me and that it is no pressure. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I'm not at that point, fabulous. No strings. No, no bridges are burnt and no arms get twisted. It's oh, so wonderful. And I can just tell right away that um, there is so much more to you than we even realize and uh, goosebumps myself all through the call. So this is beautiful for me to experience today as well. I thank you so much for being here, for being the energy in the room to hold that space for everyone that we extend this episode out to. And I've got all your links for everyone to connect into you. So. Absolutely. And I'm more than happy to discuss additional topics farther down the road yeah. if you feel inclined towards that. So wonderful. Yeah, totally. Well, I could just chat with you all day. We'll definitely have to have you back again. So much yes. value here. Happy and new moon, happy new fresh start and follow those soul breadcrumbs. Ah, yes. Thank you. And stay tuned. We will have more from the lovely Sophia in the future and start that fresh beginning today. I'm just beaming with light over here, thinking about what's possible for you in your life. Be excited for change. Give yourself permission to grow and share this space with me weekly to tap into that potential. If you're intrigued to know more about my story of rock bottom to passion-filled and spiritually inspired, grab your copy of my best-selling book, Home of the Soul, on my website, www.coachkady.com. And remember, Katie is spelled K-A-D-Y. While you're there, check out all of the ways to create magic in your own life, including Moon Logic Magic School, spiritual coaching, and options to visit the Enchanted Forest. Remember to sign up for your free monthly Moon Magic Calendar to know when the moon is shifting and how to harness that energy to grow your business. 
and connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Katie Romaniolo or MoonLogic.Official. This has been the Moon Magic Podcast. Until next week, I love you to the moon and back.